Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we study the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 831, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 to 39. Let's read the passage. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is in Jerusalem. This is the last week of Jesus' life. He's been interacting with the religious leaders. He was telling parables, showing the failure to do God's will and the coming judgment. They knew he was talking about them, so they were looking for a way to arrest him. So several groups came with hard questions to try and get him in trouble. And we saw the seven woes about the scribes and Pharisees. And the central aspect of that was they were claiming to follow God's commands, but they really weren't. They were doing a lot of details, but missing the big picture. And then that final comment expanded to beyond just the scribes and Pharisees to the whole generation. And that leads into this current passage here, 37 to 39. Verse 37, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. So he's speaking here to the city of Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem is the capital city. It was established as the capital city by King David, who was the main king in the history of Israel. Everything is all about King David. In fact, the Messiah will come like King David. The Messiah will come as the son of David. And so Jerusalem was established as the capital under King David. That's where the temple was built. Jerusalem has been the center of Jewish life primarily for, at this point, a thousand years. Here he describes it as the city who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Now, he's mentioned before a few times the idea that God has sent prophets throughout the Old Testament. But again and again, they were either ignored or abused or even killed. He had mentioned Zechariah in verse 35, and we see about Zechariah in Second Chronicles, chapter 24, verses 20 and 21, we read there, The Spirit of God enveloped Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He stood above the people and said to them, This is what God says. Why are you transgressing the Lord's commands so that you do not prosper? Because you have abandoned the Lord, he has abandoned you. But they conspired against him and stoned him at the king's command in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. So here we see Zechariah basically pronouncing God's judgment on Israel, and their response is, at the king's command, they stoned him to death at the temple in Jerusalem. It's not in the Bible, but Jeremiah had a lot of trouble with people, and the tradition says that Jeremiah was stoned by the people. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen will be stoned in Jerusalem. 
So this description, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, this is true. It's been true in the past and will continue to be true in the future. That's his description of Jerusalem. But then he says, How often I wanted to gather your chicks together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. This speaks to compassion. He wants to protect the people of Jerusalem, Jerusalem as a city. He doesn't want to bring judgment, but they're the ones choosing judgment. He wants to come and protect them. And he uses this imagery of a mother hen protecting her chicks. But then the key but you were not willing. Verse 38. See, your house is left to you desolate. There's debate about this. What exactly does he mean? And you can find people who say very contradictory things and say that without a doubt, this is the only thing it could mean. So this is one of the cases where we have to approach this with a lot of humility and say, okay, I don't know necessarily the exact details, but we see the picture. Is he referring to the temple? Is he referring to Jerusalem, the city? Either way, we see it's the judgment of God is about to come down on this and render whatever the house is desolate. Now, in the next passage, he's going to predict the destruction of the temple. So is he talking about the temple? Or by your house? Does he mean basically your heritage, your lineage? And referring to the people of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city. It's hard to say. And this is the language of Jeremiah. We actually look in Jeremiah in chapter 12, verse 7. He says, I have abandoned my house. I have deserted my inheritance. I have handed the love of my life over to her enemies. Now, even that, there's disagreement. Is he referring to the temple there? Or is he referring to the people, the heritage, Israel itself? Later in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 22, he's speaking of the judgment on the wicked kings. He says in verse 5, If you do not obey these words, then I swear by myself, this is the Lord's declaration that this house will become a ruin. There he's speaking to the house of the king, the king's lineage, the king's family, the king's future reign. So when he says here in Matthew 23, 38, see your house is left to you desolate. I don't think you can say absolutely this is what it means. And your, he says your house, not my house. So some would say if he's speaking of a temple, it would be my house. Some say though he's abandoned the temple, so it becomes your house. So we really can't say. But this is a pronouncement of judgment, of abandonment by God, of something, either the temple itself or Jerusalem as a whole. In verse 39, For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now that's the quote from Psalm 118. That's what people were singing on Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry as Jesus was coming into town riding on the colt of a donkey, they were saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're saying, I'm not, you're not going to see me again until you say this. Well, there he said it. Well, and that's where, who was the group singing Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That was really the group that had been traveling with him into Jerusalem. These were the Galilean pilgrims. Now the whole city got into an uproar. 
But here I think he's speaking of the city of Jerusalem. They've yet to really catch on to that. And he says, you're not going to see me again until the city, the people of Jerusalem itself, are singing this. Now he says, I tell you, you here is plural. Back when he was speaking Jerusalem, Jerusalem, verse 37, however I want to gather your children together, that was singular, speaking to Jerusalem. Here in verse 39, this is plural. You, the people, will not see me again. Now, what's this mean? You'll not see me again until... Most people think he's talking really about the second coming. When he comes in judgment. When we're told, not here necessarily, but in other places, that that's when everyone will recognize who he is. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. That's when everybody will acknowledge who he is. And that's when they will really see him again. This segment's a bridge. It's kind of closing out the section where he's been pronouncing the woes on the scribes and Pharisees, where he's been dealing with the religious leaders. But it's leading in because coming up is this last discourse. Remember, the discourses are the extended teaching segments. And we have this final discourse, the discourse on the future. It's also called the Olivet Discourse because it occurs on the Mount of Olives. And this is where he's speaking about what's going to happen, how the future is going to unfold. And so this leads into that with potentially looking ahead to his second coming. But what we see here is judgment. And not a, an eagerness to judge, but a sadness at the coming judgment which is brought about by their own behavior and refusal to accept what God is doing. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.